Charlie loves cherry, so he fills his froster with wild cherry, cherry cola, and tops it off with cherry limeade. It's the cherry on Charlie's day. Mix the polar pop or froster that works for you. Just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. From a bird-watching nurse to a line-dancing firefighter, nobody's just one thing. That's why polar pop and froster aren't either. Choose from all kinds of flavors and make your mix. Polar pop and froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Eventide Entertainment presents The Drive-In, hosted by Aaron Lopez. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Drive-In. I am your host, Aaron Lopez, and I am here today with uh, with a actual a returning guest host, Chris Burnside, co-founder of Dayton Writers Movement and, and head writer for Unwritten. You guys are working on something new, um, yes. but, uh, but I don't believe any of the details for that are out yet, so we'll keep that quiet. Um, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, welcome back. We're here for actually, I think, one of our earliest episodes, Suburbicon, episode yeah, three. That's really so, exciting. Um, finally got you back on here. It's been a little while, but uh, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. Glad to be back. Today we're going to be looking at the Oscars. Uh, we did an Oscar preview with Mike Shea a few weeks back, um, but this Sunday the Oscars were held, and uh, we're here to tell you where they messed up and what they got right. <laughs> um, so no, no, no trailer rundown, no spoiler-free summary, uh, nothing like that today. So we are just going to get uh, to the Oscar winners, those that should have won, those that won, and we're happy with, um, and just kind of an overall discussion of the evening. Um, so, coming into it, Chris, how many of the of the like major pieces, major uh, films, had you seen? Uh, I think I had seen of the of the like best picture nominees. I have seen three. Okay, so not too many. I want to see a few more. Yeah. There's a few more that definitely are calling to me. But I had seen um, Shape of Water and uh, Get Out and Lady Bird. Okay, yeah, I I was only um, missing two from my my resume this year i didn't see call me by your name or phantom thread okay um i wanted to see call me by your name just never got around to it um it didn't it didn't match up with my free time it was it was playing around here at some theaters actually i think one of our um our local cinemark was playing it but i was doing something else for that time and it just didn't get to see it phantom mm-hmm. thread i really didn't want to see I don't have much interest in it. We, we, it's kind of funny because <laughs> the first first and only time I saw a trailer for it was during Suburbicon. Right. We talked about it. Yes. That. And I was like, yeah, this is another, this is a movie that I'm not going to understand that's going to probably get some Oscar nominations. And it did and <laughs> even won for, for costumes. But yeah, so it's it's kind of funny to see that it, it did get some of those. But I still, I really didn't have any interest in going to see it. We'll see. Maybe eventually I'll see. It. I'll probably end up seeing it at some point because it's Daniel Day Lewis's. Apparently, it's his last movie. That's what he says. He's said that a few times, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, we'll see. It's <laughs> it's going to depend on who gives him another uh, a script that he feels is worthy. Right, right. Um, but he puts himself into so many different. Um, you know, he does the the method acting so well that you know I just feel like it's got to be wearing on him. You would think, yeah. At some uh, point, these are these are some arduous roles that he takes on, so. I would imagine at some point, but he seems to work out well with Paul Thomas Anderson. So who knows? Who knows? Next time that script comes around. Uh, Well, a very good segue for us because Phantom Thread is the first of the categories that I have written down. Uh, They won for best costume design. Mm -hmm. Um, What were your thoughts on that? 
I I thought if they didn't win for a movie about someone who made clothing, <laughs> that just there's something wrong with that. I I felt like they kind of had to win, or that did not bode well for the film. Yeah, I was I I didn't actually pick that. I picked Victoria and Abdul mm. um, just because I had seen pictures and it looked phenomenal. But once you had said that, we actually we came over to their house and. Um, for a viewing party, and Chris made that comment, and I was like, "Yeah, that was a dumb move not to pick Phantom Thread." <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a, a movie that features somebody making dresses. It's going to have some very accurate dresses made. Mm-hmm. I had no problems with Phantom Thread winning. Yeah, it was, it was fine. a sim- simple win there. Um, moving on to makeup. Makeup went to Darkest Hour, and I feel like this was dead on. Um, I think there could definitely have been an argument for like, Beauty and the Beast was one of the, mm-hmm. um, and I can, honestly can't even remember the third person, the third one that was uh, was nominated. Um, but what do you think about Darkest Hour getting makeup? Um, Oldman, I mean, he's already a chameleon, mm-hmm. but in in that particular role, like um, he doesn't barely look like himself. So clearly, they did a nice job. He looks like who he's supposed to look like, and not like himself. So. Mm-hmm. At least for that perspective, like, they certainly did a good job. Whether it was, I mean, I think it's splitting hairs to decide, like, is it this, you know, is it going to be the uh, better than, say, Beauty and the Beast? Mm-hmm. But it was clearly very good. Well, and, and as we were talking, I realized that the last one was was Wonder. Oh, um, right, For right. the prosthetic use. Um, I I actually, and this, this might speak to Gary Oldman's talent but i forgot i was watching a movie featuring an actor mm-hmm. so i think probably a little bit of that is speaking toward how well gold or sorry oldman uh, portrayed churchill in in the film but also too um we actually had a friend of ours who was here who's gary oldman and first off <laughs> yes. it was kind of one of those face palm <laughs> moments where like are you who's here excuse me uh, but then when we when we showed that the when they went to see his um, him as Churchill, and then it went over to him sitting in the audience. It was two different people. Mm-hmm. So they did a really, really cool job. Um, and on top of that, it wasn't just about that. It was also getting all the other hairstyles from that time period in London, yep. um, which I think they did a really good job as well. So, yeah, I, I was two for two. I had no problems with uh, with Darkest Hour or uh, Phantom Thread for uh, makeup and costume. Mm-hmm. Um, let's mix it up a little bit for, um, the sake of, for having something other than just agreeing with everything. Um, <laughs> let's look at sound editing and mixing. Cause I know that you had, um, opposing views, at least on your picks to who won both sound editing and mixing went to Dunkirk. Right. Um, who did you think should have won? So, I mean, again, prefacing with that, I, I hadn't seen Dunkirk, um, I was so impressed with the way that sound was used in Baby Driver mm-hmm. that I had to kind of want that one to win. I uh, and it it wasn't just the way that they used music and the score, although those were both also impressive. It was just a very sonic film, mm-hmm. and the the sound was used so well. I uh, it had a lot of action, but it also had a lot of um, more subdued moments, and it I think that just really exemplified what you can do sonically with a film. Um, and it didn't, it wasn't just about, you know, like battles, Mm -hmm. um, or something like that. So I was kind of gunning for that one. Um, but probably more of a dark horse. Yeah. That was one that a lot of people actually, when, when I had Mike on a few weeks ago, he was pulling for them too. He, Mm -hmm. that was one of the films that he watched that he was 
very much a fan of and loved what they did. Um, Dunkirk, I you know I, I've seen Dunkirk and it does it a, a very it does justice to it. Um, but I don't think there was anything in comparison to Baby Driver. I don't think there's anything Dunkirk did that every other war, war movie that did something well has done. Right. Um, right. You know. And for that matter, though, you also see a lot of those war movies do end up winning those Oscars for it. So maybe there is a large challenge to making that um, as accurate as it is. But Saving Private Ryan's already done it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hacksaw Ridge did it last year, and I don't believe they won for sound. So um, it's it didn't change the, the game, whereas Baby Driver seemed to at least try to. Right. Yeah, it was definitely doing something a little bit more unique than... Then, as you suggest, like Dunkirk doing something very similar to mm-hmm. what other movies have done, um, the way that sound was used in Baby Driver was just very original, um, and hopefully breaking new ground regardless of getting recognized um, with the statue, hopefully at least other filmmakers are seeing that, hearing it really, mm-hmm. and realizing, oh, okay, there's something else we can do with sound in our film other than just sort of a, uh, you know amplifying things. Yeah. Um, I mean, at one point in that film, there is a shootout where the gunfire is matched to the score, and to the song that's playing, and it's just fantastic. Uh, little things like that were really impressive. Yeah, and I'm looking right now at um, the sound editing sound editing uh, nominations. Did Star Wars get one? I'm not sure. Because I, I'm trying to remember, looking at specifically doing something different, um, we did have, yes, um, Star Wars did get one for sound editing. Mm-hmm. Um that was one that I felt was potentially could have gotten it simply for the scene with the lack of sound. The um, spoiler alert, I guess, um, when the the ship goes through and mm-hmm. you have a, an entire um, 10, 15 seconds of no sound being used. That again, that changed the game. You didn't, you don't see that. You don't hear right. that. You know, very often, if at all. So yeah, I think that that could have also been one, but. Um, I don't know. Dunkirk did a good job. Was it the best? Academy thinks so. Um, but kind of, it seems like a safer pick than yes. something that actually is recognizing change. Right, right, right. Yeah, maybe not innovative, but definitely recognizable and and like you said, probably safer. Yeah. Um, okay, let's uh, move on then. Let's look at production design. Mm-hmm. Um, so production design went to The Shape of Water. Um, also in production design, you had, um, you also had the Blade Runner 2046. Um, do you think that Shape of Water deserved that one? The production design in that film was phenomenal. Uh, it, it was, I mean, for a movie that had a lot of fantasy elements, it didn't push too far into anything outlandish, Mm -hmm. but it was a period piece. So they're already having to sort of replicate a lot of different things in terms of that. But then they also matched, I guess, what we would sort of consider the science to be at that time. If they were to have to house an aquatic creature in a lab uh, at that time period, it felt like the kind of technology they would be using. Yeah. Um, So like the vault door that sort of sealed up the lab, uh, all of those little things uh, with the tank and the chains – uh, every detail just felt right, and it didn't pull you out of it. It didn't make you realize, like, oh, wow, what a great set. It mm-hmm. just felt like this is exactly what this would be, and, it, and so it wasn't obtrusive. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed the way that it just was seamlessly worked into the film. 
Well, you make you bring up a good point for it being such a genre film of fantasy with you know creature from the Black Lagoon. You could definitely expect things that are um, are way more fantastic. You know, like you know you've got uh, you know bulbous pipes and things that just almost look cartoonish because mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be very realistic. Um, but they made you feel like if this happened, it actually could have happened this way. Yes. Um, and the scenes and, and specifically with, um, you know, the, the split between the science and the labs and things like that. But then also, um, I really, what I liked the most was the apartments. Um, the, the scenes in the apartments were, were done so in a way where you had this pack rat mentality and you Mm -hmm. could, you felt like this was in one continual world. You didn't feel like they were going to different sets. You felt like from from the apartment to even Octavia Spencer's house, you know, like the, her character and her husband's house and um, the um, the outside world as well, you know, with the the lock and dam and that that set up too. Mm-hmm. It all it all felt very well uh, organized. Agreed. So, yeah, I, I, I liked Shape of Water. We'll get into that a little bit and a little bit specifically, so. Um, let's stick with visuals and let's look at the, uh, visual effects, which Mm -hmm. I felt this could have been a toss up. Oh yeah. You know, I think it, it it speaks to the genre itself that all five were, um, science fiction fantasy, uh, based. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's very cool just to see how far we've come as far as visual effects. And I remember one of the earlier visual effects years, you had like two. Like you just didn't yes. see very many, and now you're 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 able to actually acknowledge movies that have have no business being in the Oscars, but they do one thing very very well. Um, yes. So kudos to all of the nominees for visual effects. But it ended up going to Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, what did you think about it going there? I think it's fine. It's a uh, the the effects are beautiful mm-hmm. um, in creating the world. Um, I was. I was pushing for uh, War for the Planet of the Apes yeah. because I think that all three of the the recent uh, Apes movies did a wonderful job with the visuals and really made you completely forget that you're watching almost exclusively mocap actors, yeah. especially in the the last two films where the the human characters just didn't play as much of a role. Exactly. Um, and they they didn't win any of the years, and so I was a little bummed. I was hoping that maybe this would be sort of the recognition of the of that trilogy of films by honoring at least this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I was hoping for that, uh, but we haven't seen a lot of recognition of mocap at the Oscars. Yeah, I still think it's a it's a crime that Andy Serkis hasn't won something. Yeah, you know? and I I found out that that the reason is because he's not actually in the movie, so he can't be nominated. Oh, is but that what it is? Damn it, he is amazing. He has changed the game. He alone. Oh, yeah has shaped and defined an entire genre of acting. Yes. And, you know, at some point or another, he's going to have to get something. Um, maybe maybe eventually he'll get a role that they'll just say, you know what, he needs it. Something like, you know, Claw from Black Panther. Clearly that's not Oscar-worthy. Um, mm-hmm. But at some point the guy's going to get, he has to get nominated for something. Uh, I if certainly not hope so. <laughs> Which I agree. I think it's a shame that um, they weren't at least in some way, shape, or form acknowledged because um, I I still think that the title of the movie was probably a little bit mis, uh, misleading 
because there wasn't a whole lot of war. <laughs> That's um, very true. <laughs> but the the way in which the 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 motion capture was done was just phenomenal. So yeah, um, I I would have loved to seen Guardians of the Galaxy get the nod just because I'm a Marvel fan. But we can't have everything. I, I'm right there with you. I, I honestly. I was fine with any of them. Mm-hmm. I had the one that I I wanted, but I would have been fine with any of them. Well, and I'm pretty sure Blade Runner is one of the only ones that didn't utilize that all that much uh, motion capture. Yeah. Because you yeah, look at the others, true. you have char- entire characters in all the other four, Star Wars, Kong, Skull Island, War for the Planet of the Apes, and Guardians of the Galaxy yep. 2, that have characters are entirely motion capture. Right. Multiple characters at that. So maybe, maybe that's not the route to go. I don't know. Um, so Blade Runner 2049, um, and Blade Runner 2049 also won cinematography. Um, that one also felt to me like it was a toss up. There are a lot that, I mean, we have our locks, um, you know, with, with a handful of these, uh, these categories this year, Mm -hmm. but there were some that I just, I had no idea. And this is another one that I really wasn't sure who it would go to ended up going to Blade Runner. Um, what do you think about that? Um, I think it's good for deacons to get a win he's had a lot of nominations so i like that um it would have been nice to see rachel morrison win just because she's the first woman even in this category Mm -hmm. so that would have been great um and i thought that uh the cinematography in the shape of water was beautiful the the film was just beautiful yeah um visually and so cinematography played a big role in that so i think any of those would have been fine um so i'm fine with deacons winning i think it's it's sort of a, a career honoring Oscar in a way. It felt that way. I mean, as soon as he he won, you could just tell everybody, you know, was like, "All right, yes, good, thank you." you mm-hmm. know, he 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 won it. Um, and again, I I agree. Um, actually, now that I had found and I had shared with you that Mudbound is on Netflix, so now I can go and watch it because I'd heard so many things about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's. I think the. I mean, not saying the nomination should be good enough for Morrison, but I think that at least is uh, a good groundbreaking nomination to say, hey, Absolutely. it's not a man's game with the cinematography. So that's a good, uh, at least a starting point for that conversation. But going up against who she was going up against, especially with Deacons, I think it went to the right person. Um, but I agree completely. Shape of Water was very well done. Um, Darkest Hour had its moments. There were some specific shots that I remember watching that, um, especially like the last scene where you have Oldman walking out with all the papers flying and the way that it just so happened to work out that nothing actually hit him in the face and just like i don't know just the beauty of it um you know the the, the chaos that he was walking into as far as the war uh, i was like that's a great shot um but overall yeah i i think deacons was the the well-deserved winner mm-hmm. here at least um let's do one more and then we'll uh we'll take a little break um we have talked about a lot of the the technical aspects um and actually, I think we've covered all the technical aspects. So let's look at, um, I don't know, let's do a fun one. Let's look at supporting actor. Mix it up and, and go for one of the big, bigger ones. So supporting actor went to Sam Rockwell for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, for me, that was, I was hoping that he won it. Just because, one, I love Sam Rockwell, but his performance was awesome. Just, it it allowed you to see him in a way that not many people often get to see him. He's a comedian, like or he's he's a he's a funny actor. He's not a comedian. He's a he's mm-hmm. a usually humorous actor, um, but every now and then he does something serious. And this just pulled at your heartstrings to see the, the journey that his character goes through. Um, do you think it went to the right person there, or did you have um, another hope? 
I'm I'm a huge fan of Rockwell, so mm-hmm. uh, I I'm I'm in full support of him winning pretty much anything. He's one of he's someone that not only is he phenomenal, but he picks roles where you can kind of trust him. Yeah. If he picks the role, the movie is probably going to be pretty good, and the role is going to be a good one for him. So uh, yeah, I'm in full support of him pretty much winning anything. Have you seen Moon? Uh, I have it. not. You I'm need not. to see Moon. I was actually uh, recommended that to a coworker of mine this past week. Um, Moon is it's an intriguing movie. Um, I don't even remember why I ended up watching it, but someone said, "Hey, you need to um, you need to go and see Moon." And it's basically this idea that every three years um, there's there's this astronaut shift on the moon, and every three years then someone comes and um, re- relieves you of your shift. And you find out in the movie, no one's coming to relieve him. You know, it's it's not going to happen. They're leaving him there. They can't get him home. And so he's basically, it's him. There's a very, very small cast, but it's him. Um, I think Kevin Spacey plays a voice of one of the robots on the, the base. Mm-hmm. Um, but he basically is just trying to figure out what, how to get home. Um, and there are so many twists and turns in it that it's just, he does phenomenal. I mean, basically, you're watching a one-man show. Uh, with some clips to like his family back home, but like flashbacks and memories and things like that. Wow. But for me, I almost was like, oh, he he needed to have one for that. Um, yeah, I got it pulled up here. It got an eighty nine on Rotten Tomatoes, three out of five or three point five out of four from Roger Ebert. So it's it's critically acclaimed. Um, if you get a chance to check it out, that's that is definitely one um, that I absolutely loved him in. But yeah, I mean he's he's done these movies in the past, like Green Mile. Um, and I even still loved him in Hitchhiker's Guide as, uh, was this, the, the, uh, like Beetle Rucks or I can't remember the character's name. Um, oh, let's see if I can find it here. Um, Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh, we'll find it. We'll find it. In I adored bit. him in Matchstick Men. Yeah. Which is a kind of a weird movie, but he's just so good. Um, he played... Of course, he's not one of the first characters on here. How is he not one of the first? It's like Zaphod Beetlebrocks or something. He's the guy with the, the two heads, and oh, he's still so funny. He he's, he always does a great job. Um, honestly, I thought it could have gone to Richard Jenkins from Shape of Water. Oh, it easily could have. Um, he did a phenomenal job as well. Um, but I'm very glad I didn't go to Harrelson. I love Woody Harrelson. He's one of my favorite actors, but I don't know why he got nominated. His character was not, it was important, but it just didn't feel nearly as important as an acting um, performance. Um, and then I, I still think that Christopher Plummer simply got the nod because of the talent it took to do it in such a short amount of time. Right, right. To completely come in after the movie's done. <laughs> hey, here you go. Redo a movie for us. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Um and I haven't seen the Florida Project with Willem Dafoe. I heard he was a dark horse to win, or, win it from those that saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't really speak to that. I know that from the movies I saw, Rockwell was my pick, and I'm very happy that he won. So, All right, so we are we're a little bit... We, we, we haven't gotten to the big one, so we'll probably end up talking a bit more of those on the second half. Um, but we're going to take a short little break. Um, we... We're not necessarily at the theater this time, but if you guys would like to go to the lobby, refill your soda, your popcorn, and your Sour Patch Kids and the like, uh, we will be back soon after we see what is coming up soon from Eventide. 
If there's one thing that's true about wrestling fans, it's how much they like to talk about wrestling. Join Aaron Lopez and Ben Norsworthy for the Top Rope Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Tune in every episode and be ringside as these two break down all of the big matches in the world of professional wrestling. Brought to you by Eventide Entertainment. You know, there's nothing quite as satisfying as a good conversation with intelligent company. Join comedian Don Smith every week as he sits down and talks with comedians, actors, filmmakers, writers, and everyday schmoes. It's The Life with Don Smith, Wednesdays at noon on 106.9 FM, and now available on the Eventide Entertainment Podcast feed every Friday on Spreaker, YouTube, and iTunes. All right, welcome back. Uh, thanks for sticking around for the second half. We haven't gotten to the good nominations and uh, categories yet, so that's why we got you to stick around. Um, let's start out with some music. We've got uh, both score and song. Um, let's start with the uh, the best score. Um, for me, I was I was surprised and not surprised. Uh, I was surprised mm. that we had both um, Zimmer and Williams in a category and neither won. Yeah, <laughs> that surprised me. Um, but I was not surprised that it went to Shape of Water because of how flawless the music was in almost every scene. Yeah, it was phenomenal. I I really, and it's funny because I look back and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I didn't pick the music. I did not pick Shape of Water. I picked, I think I actually picked uh, Williams just because it's John Williams. Um, but as they were going through and playing the clips, and I'm like, it has to be Shape of Water because there's the music, there's the song that it's just like, it's almost like an underwater love song. Yes. And it's like, how do you, yes, please personify underwater love into um, a, a musical score. And the guy did a great job. Yeah. Like, and it, it was very well done. Um, in fact, I don't even remember. There's two, there's two ways that a score can go. It can either be so good that everything stands out mm-hmm. as being so good, or it can be so well done that you don't, recognize it ever because it melds into the movie so well right and i think this was about a 50 50 split for me as far as i don't remember anything outside of the almost the shape of water if you want to call it the theme song mm-hmm. um but yeah i, I liked it i thought that it, the shape of water was a good choice oh yeah it was it was really strong score and i had the same experience that you did um because i'm a big simmer fan so mm-hmm. i was like oh, okay well that'd be cool if he won um but when they were playing the clips, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. It was really that good, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> you're just like, ah, oh, crap. I went with the wrong one. And I had that happen to me so many times this weekend where I was like, oh, you know, filling it out. And I'm thinking, oh, absolutely, it's going to be this. And then they go through and I'm like, what, is my, what am I thinking? Like, absolutely, of course it's going to be this person. And then they read it. And I'm like, yeah, I picked the wrong one. Um, the song is one I don't necessarily disagree with, but I don't think... I uh, I disagree with who it who it went to. Um, Coco won for "Remember Me." Um, I think the song was was great. Um, I'm still a little disappointed that they didn't actually get the kid who sang it in the movie to sing it. Yeah, they had people from the record from the soundtrack that sang, but it's like, but get the kid. The kid's voice is what you remember from the song. Um, but they did have uh, who did they have singing that? Um, 
I can see his face. They had the, one of the characters uh, was there and he was singing it. And it was okay. It was probably, honestly, the, one of the li- weaker songs um, vocally that night when all of the best, uh, best song category nominations they go and they sing and Mm -hmm. they had the they had the hispanic heritage and culture and the dancing and that was great but vocally just it didn't impress me um but they ended up winning i think it should have gone to this is me i'm a little biased there (laughs) um i don't know i a part of me wonders because we know the academy awards are in some way shape and form political like, mm-hmm. they're not 100%, but they're also not completely unbiased. Um, and um, Pashik and uh, Paul had just won last year a lot from uh, La La Land. Right. So maybe they were like, well, they just got a ton of awards. Let's spread the love. I don't know if that's how it works, but I could see if that's where um, where they went. I, I, I can't imagine that you can completely divorce that from the conversation. Even if people are trying to be unbiased, mm-hmm. and even if they're not actually actively thinking about that, that has to be just something that's in the back of their minds, right? It, it, it can't not be. And I agree. Uh, I thought that it was, of the performances just at the actual ceremony, mm-hmm. I thought Remember Me was the weakest yeah. of them. And I, I was thoroughly impressed by the performance of This Is Me. Um, very, very thoroughly impressed. Oh, in, you know, I'm looking, uh, looking this up. How, I'm wondering how many actual Oscar nominees within the same category won back to back years, because that doesn't seem like something the Oscars does. No, um, not frequently. Let's see if it's if it pops up. Back to back Oscar nominees. No actor. No, that's that's just saying that no actor in Oscar history has had three supporting actor nominations in a row. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be curious. It doesn't seem like there were a whole lot of winners back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Nominations, quite a few. Um, but winning back-to-back doesn't seem like it happens very often. So there you go. Maybe here and there it has happened in the past. Uh, it is out there. But I don't I don't foresee that happening a whole lot. Now, Pasek and Paul are... Um, they've got their hands in a lot of projects. So we may mm-hmm. see them again next year. Um, and actually I hadn't listened, I listened to all of them. Um, I was not impressed with the one from, um, from Mudbound with Mary J. Blige. Mm-hmm. It was a nice song, but it, she didn't seem to be like, I love Mary J. Blige, but I don't know. It seemed like she was almost aging herself with the song. I don't know. Mm. I might've just, that might've just been my take. It was a good song, but I don't know if it was one that I would listen to and say, wow, that deserves an award. Yeah. It was just good. Yeah. I, I couldn't stand the one from call me by your name. I like that style <laughs> of music, but that was the only, anytime, anytime there was a nomination for call me by your name. That was a song that played during the clip. Right. By the end of the night, I'm like, I don't care anymore. Stop, <laughs> Stop playing this song. Like, I don't know. It was, it was, I, I like the folk style music um, that it, it portrayed, but yeah, it, it just kind of got on my nerves. That's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's, let's move on to uh, some screenplays. Yeah, yeah. We've got adapted and original, uh, and let's start with, let's start with adapted because we were, I was just talking about Call Me By Your Name and yep. bad mouthing the music from it. Um, but it did win the best adapted screenplay. Um, mm-hmm. To me, it seemed like the safest pick in the group. Yes. Um, 
I don't know if it was the best screenplay. I never saw the movie, so I can't speak to that. But in comparison to the ones that I did see, I was not happy that it won over over mine. I'm going to let you speak on that first, though. What did you think? Well, I, I think that, like you said, it was the it was the one that I expected to win. I hadn't seen it, but uh, of the of the five that were nominated, it was mm-hmm. the only one nominated for best picture. So right there, like you're kind of thinking, okay, this is much more acclaimed than the other ones. Yeah, I don't think was was Disaster Artist, Molly's Game, and Logan. I don't think they were nominated in really any other category, were they? They were not. This was their only nomination. Okay. so they they clearly weren't as recognized universally uh so i kind of expected it um but i hadn't seen a lot of these so and and i i saw logan but it's it's a stretch to even call it an adapted screenplay yeah we were having this conversation (laughs) and i and and i had the same conversation with mike when we did the original um i don't i don't think it's adapted i think it's original because if you know old man logan just because Wolverine's old in the movie Logan, that's about the only connection. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, I, like, no futuristic wasteland, nothing like, no, okay, well, I guess it's, yeah. Maybe it's because, and we did bring this up too, maybe it's because it is a character that was created by somebody else. Yes, yes. That then they, they continued, they didn't change that character, they adapted that character into their screenplay. So. Well, they even, when they, when they announced the that as a category and they named the like what it was based on mm-hmm. so each one they named who wrote the, the adapted screenplay and then what it was based on they named the creators of wolverine yes the character so like i think they it, it may even be an oscar kind of fine print thing that I'm sh- they I'm sure can't something. call it original because it's technically based on an existing character i'm just glad it got a nomination of those four mo- or of the five movies uh and the ones that i had seen which is three of them, um, I thought it was the best. Mm-hmm. I I think what it did is showed how superhero movies, and, and it showed that superhero movies don't have to just be about action superhero scenes. Yes. Um, and we, we've just recently seen that with Black Panther. Um, yes. Black Panther has those action superhero scenes, but what it does as far as its theme, as far as its message, goes way beyond you know a guy in a suit fighting crime. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. and, and Wonder Woman, and I, we, you know, we had so many movies in the past year, and I th- I'm glad at least Logan got nominated for something. I wish more would have gotten some respect and some attention. Agreed. Um, but maybe Black Panther will be that next year because that came out after the nominations, and so we'll. Right. Maybe I mean you can't you can't ignore it for what it's doing. I actually think yesterday I was on Facebook and I saw that it hit 900 million worldwide. I believe it's cracked the top 10. Yeah. It's been out for three weeks. <laughs> three <laughs> weeks? In four days. There was, I saw a list in four days uh, of 25 superhero films that it has outgrossed their entire box office in four days. It's insane. And, and good for it. Oh, oh yeah. man, good for it because, you know, it, it opens the door. It shows us that the that we can now have some diversity in our heroes. And for me, I'm excited because maybe we'll get an America Chavez. Maybe we'll get uh, Kamala Khan. Yes. There's some act. There's some some heroes that I think need to be in the MCU, specifically at Marvel. Um, and I'm I'm excited. 
Agreed. So we got a little off track there. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I'm still I'm laughing that Disaster Artist even got a nomination. It was a good movie. It was fun. Um, I'm still – I think there's a conspiracy theory in me that says that Franco was where uh, Denzel Washington was. Right. And they, they pulled him. And rightly so if that was the case. But um, I'm surprised that he didn't get a nomination because it was a it was very well uh, done performance. Um, but we're jumping to categories here. <laughs> um, so let's go over to the other side of the screenplays to the original, which yes. you had mentioned shot in the dark when you have five of was it all five of them were uh, best picture nominees. Or was uh, it four out of the five? Four of the five, yeah. Okay. Big Sick was not. Oh, but... that's right. Yeah, which it probably should have been. <laughs> it very easily could have been. Yeah. Um, all five of these, this was the biggest toss-up for me. Not just because any of them could have won very easily, mm-hmm. but because I was having a hard time deciding which one should win. Yeah. Um, the they, they just had such phenomenal writing in these films. Um, I think it probably went to the right film with Get Out. Yeah. But... It's so hard to say. Um, the writing in Lady Bird and the Big Sick, it was the the and I guess and the Shape of Water really. The one thing that was different uh, about from them and Get Out um, and and kind of Three Billboards also to to an extent is that um, they're do they're not doing something that's groundbreak that's as groundbreaking mm-hmm. like Get Out was really merging genres in a way that required the screenplay to to be composed in a certain way. Whereas the big sick really was a great take on a romantic comedy, Mm -hmm. but it was still essentially that. And lady bird was essentially a coming of age story, just featuring a woman, which that was groundbreaking. But, um, and the shape of water was a, you know, a fantasy love story. Like they weren't, they weren't breaking as much ground as get out. So when you break them down to what their base elements are, it has been done before. Right. But with get with Get Out, it's a social commentary that combines horror and comedy in a way that we've never seen before. Right. Like we've seen horror comedy movies. We've never seen ones that were so specifically done with a social commentary that I mean, first off, just the timing of it was one thing. But oh, then yeah. on top of that, an issue that is on a lot of people's minds that was done in a way where you didn't know what was going on. And exactly. you were tied to the main character, Kuli's character, and you didn't. You were you were on that journey with him. Um, mm-hmm. So I, yeah, it was one of those things that I was praying that Jordan Peele would get some sort of recognition. Yes. Um, and unfortunately, when it looked at when I was looking at it all, I was I was hoping that Gerwig would as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. But I think when you looked at it, it was either um, him or either Peele or Gerwig were going to get left out. Right, because neither of them I felt were going to get best director because it was too soon. Agreed. Um, there's your. I mean, uh, Scorsese didn't get one for ever, <laughs> and if he takes forever to get something, um, I think that at least there's some. There's a question of like we talked about earlier, like the political aspect of you got to earn it. Yep. You know. Yep. Um, they'll nominate you if you if you swing on your first and hit it out of the park, but they're not going to give it to you on a, on a on a whim. Sure. Um, so with that being said, I knew they weren't going to get Best Director, and I didn't think either was going to win um, Best Picture. So even though I was, I would have been okay with either of them. So I was yep. kind of, I was, I was in a toss up. I, I'm happy that one of the two. If it would have gone to Shape of Water, Three Billboards, or The Big Sick, I probably, well, in Big Sick, I would have been okay with. Um, but 
I don't think I would have been happy with Shape of Water sweeping this and getting the best picture. Agreed. And I, I, it just, it was overall well-conceived. The story was strong. The narrative was strong. But uh, like I said, it, it wasn't really doing anything as innovative. And it also just didn't have the... Nearly every line in Get Out and Lady Bird and the Big Sick was perfect. Nearly every line. Um, I could very easily bring any of those into a screenwriting class and use it as a text. um, Yeah. Because they're they're practically clinics in how to not just write an overall story, but to write the the individual lines of dialogue in that story. So, uh, yeah, I I think ultimately, like, Get Out winning was great. Um, But this category was tough. It was. And I... I mean, for the Oscars, this is what you want in every category because yes. then you are saying, look at the amazing films that came out. Um, you know, where mm-hmm. we just talked about Adapted, it felt like there was only one potential one that could realistically win. <laughs> right. And this one, all five legitimately could have walked away with the award and no one would have been upset. Mm-hmm. No one would have been upset. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy with it, but I think um, there's definitely some, uh, there's a little, there's going to be some. Some upset feelings that you know, Lady Bird didn't win anything, um, right? But I think a lot of no- they get they get a lot of nominations. I thought this was one though that they probably could have walked away with, but went to get out instead. Um, let's see here. Let's look at oh, we just got some of the big ones left. Really, mm-hmm. um, let's go supporting actress now, uh, which I the, I verbally cheered when this <laughs> when Janney won. Um, Allison Janney, I, I spoke last time uh, in the preview, but she actually went to the school that I teach at. Granted, it was a long time ago, um, but one of my coworkers who's been there since the school opened taught her and has had, you know, just calls her here and there and just their friends. And I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's insane. Um, she calls her Allie. And I'm like, oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> Please introduce me. <laughs> um but so there's definitely a cool way of saying that I am one of the directors in the performing arts department that has at some point spawned an Oscar winning actress. Yes. Like, that's cool. That she's a date cool. she's a date and alum or uh, uh, native, so that's always cool. Um but this is one of the ones I think we feel like was a lock. Um Oh yeah. I could have seen it going to other others. Um what were your thoughts as far as, you know, like Politics and locks aside, do you think it went to the right person? Um, given ev- like just the fact that it was so unanimous with everyone that this was seemingly so obvious, I I think it's I think it's fine. I I, I really liked Laurie Metcalf, really yeah. really, but Janie's amazing in everything. And and like you said, this there were two categories going in that they were that were pretty much. 100% locked. There was no chance of deviation, and this was one of those yeah. categories. Yeah, I, I very uh, easily could have seen it go to Metcalf. Um, I'm very happy that she's seen a bit of a career resurgence over the past five years oh, or yeah. so. Really starting with Sheldon's mom. I mean, I can't remember mm. if she was in anything other than that. I mean, obviously Roseanne is where she kind of boomed. Sure. But I don't know. if Has there been anything before Sheldon's mom? And she's been in a couple things since that, but I think that I think that may have been like the the kind of the restart, the resurgence. Um, I mean, she's been in random films, um, but nothing that everyone anyone was like, "Wow, yeah, she really knocked it out yeah. of the park." And she's 
She's making a comeback. Like, uh, I believe she was in Scream 2. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Just popping into my head. But, like, nothing that people were like, oh, wow, yeah, she's making a comeback. Yeah. So, and, and Octavia Spencer makes her yearly um, <laughs> stop down in uh, the, the this category. Or, you know, and she's, and good for her. I mean, she has just been in every, everything that she's been in since... Well, since the help, but I want to say she was wasn't she in something before that too? Um, but it, she's she's been in pretty much every movie that has come out that she's been in. She's killed. Yeah, there's been no like, oh come on, Octavia, what are you doing? No, she's doing amazing things. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she wins another one here in the next few years. But um, I I wouldn't be either. Uh, I don't. I I thought the performance was great. It wasn't. Um. I don't know that it was one that really was like truly amazing. Yeah, but and I think it was I, great. I think we talked about this that the reason why I felt that she did a good job is any scene she was in, more or less, she was talking for two people. Right. And I think that in some way, shape, and form, you can't attribute that to her because you did have a, a script that allowed you to have to talk for mm-hmm. someone who was mute. Um, but I think that that was kind of an interesting um, setup. So that was. Perhaps, um, and I hadn't seen Phantom Thread or Mudbound. Um, the scene that they showed the clip made Leslie Manville look like a pretty strong badass. Yes, the <laughs> clip was phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> I, I still don't necessarily want to see the film, but that part, I was like, wow, that that that's compelling. Yeah, like, and I have no idea with her relationship to Daniel Day Lewis's character. It seemed like they were maybe married maybe brothers and sister they had a close relationship mm-hmm. one where she was able to feel comfortable talking back to him under her breath like and not so much even under her breath right <laughs> um so i i don't know i i'd be interested in, in seeing that maybe just to see her in it um but yeah and again i i'll kind of hold any reservations on mudbound i think it went to the right person in Janie though just Every time. And I'm so glad she mentioned the bird in her acceptance speech. Um, anytime she is talking in the interview style, this bird is like nipping at her ear and just being annoying. Um, and I just, I loved the fact that she didn't break character. You can't script a bird to do that. So it was clearly improv and it just fits so well into her character. It's funny as hell. Um, but it just showed like the not going to take any shit attitude that she, the, the, the character, Lavana that she played, um, had. So kind of a one of those that is also awarding her for not necessarily a lifetime award, but she's been doing a lot. And this yes. was kind of one of those where it's like, all right, we know, we see, we notice you. Yes, agree. We see you, Allison Janney. So Alright, so now we are down to the big four. Um Let's go ahead and um, to, to kind of split it up, let's go to director. Okay. Um, this was one that I felt was probably the the true safe pick. Um, yep. They weren't trying to shake any water, tip the boat, anything like that. Um, what do you think about Guillermo winning Best Director? Honestly, like as much as I adore Get Out and Lady Bird... Two of my favorite films, not only of the year, probably my favorite films of the year, but of also like the last few years. Um, in terms of direction, I I still think Del Toro probably earned this one. Yeah. Um, Gerwig and Peel were amazing, and their films were amazing. But I I there are things that you see from Del Toro in in making that film and crafting this entire world that they just didn't yeah really 
they, their films didn't even really venture into. So maybe that's not entirely fair, but the scope of his film, mm-hmm. it required so much more um, attention to all of those little details, and he just nails all of them. Yeah, I agree. Um, when it comes down to it, you know, with, with Peel and Gerwig, they wrote very strong scripts. Yes. And I think that could have been why they were then probably the front runners for original screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree when you said that it is, there's so much more to it. You know, when you have to incorporate somebody who is in a full body suit prosthetic, the lighting that that would take the, the different, um, I mean, the, the different shots that went into the underwater scenes and the different shots that went into, um, even just the, the dream sequence um, where you had um, what's her, the main character who's dancing with? I mean, That's like, amazing. <laughs> like if how how can you take something that is so farcical as that and like calling it for what it is, fish amphibian sex, um, and still make mm-hmm. it so believable and truthful and just um, man, it, it was done so well. So I think I agree. Um, did Del Toro win for Pan's Labyrinth? I'm not sure. Because I want to say he's won before. He may... I believe he was at least nominated. Um, he may have. I'm going to look that up. Because I think Guillermo del Toro has won before. Um, let's see. Oscar wins. He has won... Um, oh, this is just for the 90th. Let's see. Awards. He won an Oscar for Best Writing for uh, for the, what would have been Pan's Labyrinth. Um, but no, he did not win Best Director. So this is his first one. Um, he is doing a Bioshock movie. Very excited for that. Oh, okay. I've, I've, been, I've heard about it for quite a while. I, did, it, I believe it's been like on and off. It's supposed to be it's gonna happen. still in. It's, <laughs> okay, it's supposed excellent. to be happening. Very so cool. That, that would, would be, be really amazing. Fun. Yeah, he his world building is really what I love about him. The mm-hmm. fact that you really get a fully realized world and... And with the fantasy stuff that he does, that's not easy to pull off. It's not. And it's – I don't think anybody else would even try. And I don't know if we've seen to that extent someone trying something that they truly believe to be – I mean, like how can you watch Pan's Labyrinth and just say, yep, this is going to be a good movie? Right. I mean, if, you, if someone were to break it down and you if you've ever seen like kids explain movies, if a kid tried to explain <laughs> that movie to you, you would think that they were on acid or something. It's – well, I, so loved, I loved when they were describing the shape of water and like how it was pitched. Yeah. And it's just, it's absurd. It the is. idea of it is completely absurd, yet it works so beautifully. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I, I agree. Del Toro should have won it, ultimately. Um, you also had, uh, was it Paul, no, was it Paul Tam- Thomas Anderson? Did he get one? Mm-hmm. Yes, for yes. Uh, Phantom, Phantom Thread. And then you also had Christopher Nolan yep. for Dunkirk. Eh. I was not impressed with Dunkirk. I have I have people that are just like, how could you say that? Well, because it wasn't very exciting. Um, hmm. When I when I see a war movie, I want to see the realities of war. I don't want to see the PG thirteen version of war. Right. I mean, if you're gonna go that route, pull the band aid off. Um, show it for what it is. The story was good. It was intriguing how they pieced everything together on three different timelines. Um, but yeah, I just wasn't. I was not too disappointed that it didn't it didn't clean up. Uh, now I will step off of my soapbox, and we can move on to lead actor. 
Um, I believe this is number two of the locks. Uh, this well, I guess I guess technically then there would be three. Okay. Um, but yeah, this was this was considered nearly a lock as well, at least as far as what I had read. Um, the only the only one that they thought could have possibly even challenged Oldman would have been uh, Timothy Chalamet. Yes, just because of the kind of because fresh faces do necessarily they don't have to go and do their time like directors. Mm-hmm. You see Agreed. a lot of first time young actors and actresses get that jump shop um so yeah i I could have seen that too um i i went to see darkest hour just for his performance oh yeah i knew he'd get some attention actually i kind of feel ashamed i went to go see jungle or um not jungle jumanji and um it was sold out so i'm like oh man (laughs) i guess i'll go see darkest hour and i loved it it was so i i was probably not ever gonna see that but luckily jumanji was sold out <laughs> so i can say i saw him he was he he made me believe that i was seeing churchill i forgot i was watching a, an actor portray him um and oldman has done so much it's about time he got some recognition mm-hmm. so agreed yeah he, he's been around for so long doing so many amazing things um yeah and i i i still have no idea how denzel got a nomination um <laughs> i it's not that he's a bad actor he's one of the best yeah but for Roman J. Israel Esquire, which is a movie we talked about that had no traction, it was basically just another one of those movies that he did. It's kind of like, let's talk about, you know, um, you know, African-American rights and equality, which is fine, but it, it didn't, it didn't land anywhere. Mm-hmm. Nobody talked about it. No. No one talked about him in it. And then the nominations come out and you're like, well, it's Denzel, so okay, but still, like, why? Yeah. Yeah. I agreed. didn't get that. Uh, I, I'm I'm on board with your with your theory about Franco. <laughs> I mean Franco Franco won at the Golden Globes yeah. and he wasn't even nominated, and so I'm like the timeline of it. Now I I do believe that the nominations are finalized before or at least near the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. So and the and the allegations against Franco came out like the day after. It was like within. A day or two after. Right. So the timing of it would have had to have either been a perfect storm or they said, in light of everything that's going on right now, we can't have that. But then you turn around and you see Casey Affleck, who wasn't even just allegations against, but actually had seen things happen against him or he, he perpetrated. And he won last year. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe it was because of the backlash against that. There was a decent amount of backlash. There was. Maybe they said, we don't want to have that again. So I don't know. I I don't know if any of the allegations have been proven with that. If they have or haven't, doesn't necessarily seem to matter right now. But I think that his performance was just phenomenal. Um, and it's kind of a shame that the timing of that, um, or just the, the instance, the occurrence of that mm-hmm. um, took it away from him. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed because I went and saw it and I loved him in it. Uh, he did a great job, but... I mean, we're we're definitely that was one of the continual uh, messages of the night. You yes. know, was this? You know, we're not going to stand for this anymore. Coming from both men and women, old and young, mm-hmm. um, which was one of those. There were many uh, themes of the night, but I think that you you can't have that be a theme of the night and then say, and James Franco is also <laughs> right. nominated and right. So hell, he might have gotten booed out of the place. So seriously, it was. I mean, and Denzel. No one hates Denzel. That's true. Everybody likes it's safe. Denzel. 
it's safe. Yeah. And he knew, you know, knowing that he's not going to win. You know, speaking of Chalamet and, and Kaluuya, how about those two getting to say that they were nominated with Daniel Day-Lewis, Gary Oldman, and Denzel? That's just amazing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> especially er- like very early in their careers, to to be able to just mm-hmm. knock it out that that well and then be in that category. That's mind-blowing. Well, and look at Kaluuya. I mean, what a year he's had going from yeah. Get Out to also being in Black Panther. <laughs> I mean, you, you could just quit right now and say... <laughs> Seriously. Very, very successful career. One of the most Oscar-nominated movies of the year, and then into what is certainly going to be, you know, one of the biggest movies of, well, of all time yeah. at this point. Like, because, like I said, I think it cracked the top ten. Yeah, uh, and so... it's three weeks. <laughs> it's just, I just still can't believe it's been so. It's only been three weeks, and we've got that almost a billion dollars. If if Avengers wasn't coming out this year, I would say it's easily a lock for just biggest movie of the year already. Yeah, but like that's true. Maybe. And here's the thing too: is it still maybe be ahead of Avengers by the end of the year? Simply because I know people who don't give a damn about superhero movies. That's true. Who have gone to see Black Panther? That is true. So you know, it's one of those movies that people didn't care that it had anything to do with the superhero. It was that you were. Getting a, a an entire movie that focused itself around an entire culture that has not really been represented very well. So absolutely, and I, I think it's funny. I was talking to my students who were talking about this, and I was like, "How many uh, white women are in that movie?" And they're like, "Oh, <laughs> like, you've got one with lines, and she gets killed <laughs> by the bad guys. By the bad guys." But yeah, one with lines, and she comes off as snobby and horrible. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, you got a couple white guys, and the the Tolkien white guys, which I still love. <laughs> still love that. But yeah, um, all right. So let's move over across to the lead actress, which this one was one that I I really enjoyed. Frances McDormand. I thought her performance was strong, but I would have been okay with it going to a couple others. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, this is the one, at least from everything that I had read, this is another one that they considered to be a lock. Okay. They, no one was really even thinking that anybody else could win. Um, I thought that Sersha was amazing in Lady Bird, but uh, it, it wasn't. And, and, and Sally Hawkins was also great, but they weren't performances that I looked at and said, this demands a statue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the nomination for those is you know well-earned. And of course, Meryl... Uh, is there a film that she's not nominated for at this point, right? Yeah. I felt it was lip service just because it's her. Yeah. But at the same point, I, this was not one of her stronger performances. Um, it was it was very bland for Meryl mm. Streep. It was good. I, I didn't hate her performance. Her performance was probably one of the only things I did like about that movie. Um, but I just... I, was kind of like okay, well, Meryl. It's it's almost like Denzel, like or Daniel Day Lewis. They right. were in a movie. All right, they're gonna get a nomination. Yep. Um, yeah, I I I was happy that Margot Robbie got a nomination. Um, I never thought she was gonna win, so no surprise there. For me, it was between Ronan and McDormand. Um, whether or not the Academy was gonna say in her basically wasn't her debut or at least her first uh, Ronan's like. Has she been in anything else? Oh, she's been she's been in quite a few things. Okay. She was okay. in um, right. she she's was nominated for Brooklyn. Okay, I believe um, oh, she was yeah, nominated. Right. Uh, what was that? Maybe two years ago. Oh something hell, like that? she was also she was in um, Lovely Bones. I yeah, mean, she was nominated for that. But yeah. right, right, right. And she was she goes all the way back to uh, Hannah. Yeah, when she was quite young. Yeah, 
Um, well, that shows you where I've been <laughs> the past few years. Yeah. So, okay. Well, anyways, yeah, McDormand's, McDormand's performance to me just, I was thinking back on it and thinking how we had a lot of mothers in a lot of fil- films this, mm-hmm. this year. Yes. Um, a lot of them. And she was the only mother in this category. Um, but she would she didn't have her her daughter, whereas all the other films were about the relationship with right, the daughter. Right, right. And I'm just like, when you look at kind of like a thematic approach to a year in film, it was kind of this idea of what do you do, especially with it being a violent crime against a woman as being the the source of this film. It's what are you going to do about it? Are mm-hmm. you just going to be like, well, it'll get figured out, or are you going to stand up against it? And that's the writing, but her portrayal of um, the the mother in that film which is phenomenal you know it's kind of the she was the winner that the oscars needed this year i think um mm-hmm. but i don't think it was just lip service to her it was it was earned right i liked it um okay let's uh let's get to the big one best picture shape of water um i think it could have gone to a couple others Mm-hmm. I'm Agreed. not. I'm not disappointed in any shape, uh, any way, shape, uh, haha, or form. <laughs> um, I think it was a win for genre movies. We mentioned that earlier. Yes. It's, yes. You know, it's kind of like saying, like, "Hey, Lord of the Rings wasn't a one-year thing. Like, this type of movie can still be considered a best picture." Yep. Um, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I was very happy about that. That a fantasy with you know a mocap monster as one of the leads mm-hmm. could win best picture. That's huge. Um, I personally, and we kind of, I kind of touched on this before, but I personally think that Get Out broke a lot more ground. I, I do um, And hit on a lot more uh, axes than Shape of Water did. Shape of Water was beautiful, uh, but ultimately, it was really predictable. Um, yeah. And after... Uh, you know, after about 10 to 15 minutes, if I had stopped the film and written down everything that I thought would probably happen in this movie, I probably would have been pretty close to yeah. calling all of it. Um, so in that way, like, it was really good. But was it the one that I'm going to look back in 10 years and say, oh, remember the, you know, 2017 in movies, The Shape of Water? It's I don't think so. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that Get Out is one that I'm going to remember uh, for a really long time, and I think it broke the most ground. Um, I would have been happy with other films winning, uh, and I was happy with The Shape of Water. It was fine to win, but um, I just I don't think that it uh, that it was as innovative. Uh, I did enjoy that it represented a marginalized group in uh, people with disabilities. Disabilities, and your director's um, Mexican American. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's, it's so it wasn't a complete. I mean, it wasn't Dunkirk. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, I right. mean, you could have gone the opposite way. There were there were nominations there. Right. Um, yeah, I agree. So that was nice. And it was nice to see other movies, too, like Get Out, like Lady Bird, that were also doing similar things, right? That were representing more marginalized groups that we don't see yeah. um, in films. So I, I would have been happy with uh, some other films as well. Shape of Water, I think, was a good enough film to win. I wasn't angry. I didn't think... How dare they? Yeah. Um, it just wasn't maybe my pick. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think I wanted Get Out to win. 
I think the fact that it was nominated, the fact that Kaluuya got a nomination, and the fact that PL won for it is going to be enough. Yes. It's enough to say, don't stop making these types of movies, people. They matter. They will get recognition and keep going. Um, For me, Get Out was the equivalent to a few years ago when District 9 got a nomination. Right. Where you're like, why is this nominated? This is not an Oscar movie. (laughs) But the more you thought about it, you're like, this is groundbreaking. This is taking a genre and saying we can do something new with it. And it's going to be kind of the the root of multiple movies of an, and potentially even a completely new genre altogether. Yes. Um, I think the Academy should have given it to Get Out. I do think that they should have. Um, I, I even I wrote my notes before I came and I said the same thing. Get Out was the most groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. It did the most. Um Three Billboards clearly had the best acting. If you go by, it won two of the four big yes. acting awards. Um, but I think that Shape of Water, again, it felt like a safe pick. It wasn't the worst in any way. It wasn't, I don't know if it was necessarily the best in any way. Um, technically, though, it, it was great. Mm-hmm. But yes. I don't I don't always agree that tech, the technical aspects of a movie always show off that that is the best type of movie. Right. Um, now, again, um, I still think Michael Shannon could have even gotten an award. Um, oh, yeah. Did you actually hear about what he did? So, no. okay, and this is, it's not it's not bad. Um, he didn't go to the Oscars. When they, Shape of Water won, he, people were wondering, where is he? Like, he wasn't oh, right. on, on the stage. Um, I thought this was like an Onion article. No, he was at a bar. Um, he went to a bar in Chicago. Uh, or, no, in, in New York. Sorry, in New York. And uh, was watching the Oscars. <laughs> There's a picture of him watching at the end or uh, in the middle of the, mo- of the Oscars. We got Sam Rockwell had just won. He's getting ready. You can see like he's getting ready to stand up, and he's sitting there with a beer, and like <laughs> it's actually him. Like, and that that's how how much of a Michael Shannon thing is. That? <laughs> it just feels like yeah. If he were to do something. You know, it's something as opposed to showing up to the ceremony in a tux. That is exactly what you would expect him doing. Yeah. Yeah, looking it up. And, and it's... Um, no, I, and I was right the first time. It was Chicago. Um, he was at a dive bar watching the Oscars. Wow. Um, yeah. And and it's it's just insane. Like, I don't... Like, and even last year, he was nominated for... Two movies that got Best Picture nominations, he was in both of them, and he was nominated for uh, Best Supporting or Best, I don't remember, he got an acting nomination last year. Mm -hmm. A year later, and it's not like he's down in the dumps, he just decided he wasn't going to go to the Oscars. (laughs) Go have a beer at a bar in Chicago and watch it on TV, like all the rest of us. You can't say that celebrities aren't like real people. (laughs) So, all right. Kind of looking overall tonight, did you have a, a... a biggest, um, let's look at a biggest letdown and a biggest positive for the whole night. And it doesn't have to be a nomination. It can be anything. Right, right. Or a win. Um, in terms of letdown, I, I don't know that there were, none of the categories really upset me. Um, and I don't think that anything, anything in general really upset me. Um, I, I do wish that Lady Bird had gotten a statue for something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. Uh, the, I I thought overall it was a it was you know well done. Um, in terms of best moments, I I am a sucker for the movie on the waterfront. It's mm-hmm. just a glorious film, 
And so when Eva Marie Saint came out, that was just the coolest thing for me. I loved it. And she was so uh, just, she was, for being as old as she is, she was really with it. And she was uh, really spunky. And that was just, it was really nice to see her uh, and, and to see, you know, a clip of that film. And um, that was really special. I enjoyed with that how she, I think her her talking before was longer than the acceptance speech. <laughs> I was like, like she she by all means has the right to talk for as long as she wants. But I was thinking like towards the end of her introduction, I was like, she's been going on a little bit. Like <laughs> yeah. it's like all right, like you you go ahead and talk. But I'm surprised they didn't start doing the playoff music for her because <laughs> they talking about you know trying to save time. But yeah, right. I agree. it was pretty cool. Um. I think for me the biggest letdown was was um, with best song. I really wanted um, this is me to win. Um, it, you know, it like they had said in Z- when Zendaya introduced it, it became an anthem. Like this is mm-hmm. this is an anthem for anybody in the performing arts, um, and not even just that, but anybody who's ever been bullied of saying like, screw everybody else, just be you. Um, Coco it represents a culture, and that's yes. it's good um, that, that that it got that recognition. But it also won Best Animated. You know, right, right. That's true. Spread the love. I don't know. Um, so that was probably my biggest letdown. Again, Coco's uh, Remember Me, not bad. I wasn't all that disappointed. But if I had to pick something, I'd probably go there. In uh, my favorite moment, I honestly want to say that um, probably just the reactions of everybody when they walked across the street. Like to when they got all the celebrities. Yes. And you just see like... Like Gal Gadot and Lin Manuel Miranda and all these people, like, oh yeah, let's go. And you got people like Mark Hamill looked just ex- just as excited to see the fans as they yes. like he came in. He's like, oh my god, hey! His hands are in the air. He's like, oh, this is amazing. I'm seeing I'm seeing fans, and they're probably crapping their pants because Luke Skywalker just walked in front right. of them. Um, but I thought I just I love the trivial things that they do with that. They did it last year with Poland people. Yep. They also had some issues last year. I think there was like a racist comment that wasn't meant to be racist, but came the way that he it was it was about Kimmel not being able to pronounce someone's name yeah. and making a comment about it that was yeah not appropriate. And it's just a Kimmel comment. You're just like, okay, it's Jimmy Kimmel, but on national television <laughs> right. and a platform such as hosting the Oscars, you probably should have been a little more careful. But, right. Uh, but I always love that. I think it's fun that they, they do that now and then. Um, and I guess my second biggest letdown was that we didn't have two winning Best Pictures this year. Yeah. That was kind of disappointing that they there was there was no Har- Steve Harvey moment, nothing like that. No, no nothing. total screw-ups. Did you notice that every envelope had massive letters everywhere saying what it was? It said it huge, it said it small, it said it hugely, and it was like the, the type of letters that you go and you buy at Target in a scrapbooking section. Like I feel like they were like just in case we're going to spend $5 more and make sure everybody has the right ones and on the back cuz both sides. Yep, yep. Yeah, I thought that was funny. And then, yeah, yeah, they've never done this before, but before they did Best Picture, they showed, like, hey, here's the Best Picture envelope. Right. Like, they were not going to screw that up this year. No, no. And and uh, we also mentioned this when we were watching. They didn't bring the uh, accountants out and make uh-huh. a big, boring-ass deal about it like they normally do. And uh, probably because they're in the doghouse still. Yeah. If they're st- if if they're even with those guys or with the company, even. yeah, yeah. I thought. I mean, overall, it was it was a fun night. Um, you know, the the two kind of 
continual things that were discussed were, you know, making fun of the constant, you know, issues they had last year. They mm-hmm. made fun of him. They, you know, oh, yeah. and it's you can't hide it. So we'll at least go there. But then the um, the, the Times Up movement, Me Too, those yes. things, they got a lot of attention. Um, I probably got one one too many references where I felt like it was no longer um, not not valuable. But I think to me the one that I I, I think would have if one person said that and that was it, Frances McDormand having every female nominee stand up. That was impressive. that was cool. She did kind of go crazy by screaming yes and getting a little nutty. But you know what? <laughs> you just won an Oscar and you're trying to trying to show off a movement. You do what you you do what you got to do. But I thought that was pretty cool. It was. It was. Uh, all right. So any any final words on this year's Oscars before we put a put a lid on it? No, no, I was really happy with it overall. We had a lot of good films to choose from, and I think even if it wasn't the the film that, that we wanted to win in any particular category, none of them were just horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of good films and, and a lot of good recognition. So ultimately, I was pretty pleased with that, and I hope that uh, you know they can run it back again. Yeah, I think this was a good year for movies. Um, not that we... We didn't have our stinkers here and there. I mean, we had, you know, the Emoji Movie. And, oh, and there were some bad movies that came out this year. But um, overall, I think that it was a good year for movies. And I'm excited to see what happens next year. Agreed. All right. So next week, I will be joined by a former student of mine, first time uh, guest host on the podcast. Uh, and we will be reviewing A Wrinkle in Time. So uh, if you have watched or if you have seen that by next week, or if you've even just read the book and you want to see how the movie st- kind of matches up to it uh tune in next week for that um, otherwise as always you can reach me through email uh and my email address is driveineventide at gmail.com or you can reach out through twitter at driveineventide uh again chris thanks for coming on we'll have to get you on for a movie uh here soon <laughs> yeah thank um, you but uh thanks for hosting our oscar party this weekend and uh for coming on today to to talk about our our little review always love doing it Excellent. Uh, Well, until then, uh, until next time, guys, drive home safe, and we'll see you next time. Seven billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Seven billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations.